are listening to Jump the Creek, where we take a nostalgic look at the past, an honest look at the present, and a hopeful look at the future. I am Ben, and with me is Jake. Hello, Jake. Hello, Ben. Good morning. Good morning to you. How I said it. Good morning so far. It was good. I, I'm the one who said good morning this time. Yeah, it's okay. I've decided you really helped me through that. It's okay to say good morning. I'm glad. And and good morning to you, listener, or good afternoon, or good evening. The previous episode was pretty heavy. It was it was a heavy episode, so I thought that we might take this one uh, in a lighter direction. Does, does that sound good to you? Yes, I like that. So, once upon a time, Jake and I lived in Colorado. We lived out in the country in Colorado. And way, way out. Talking way, about way out. The, the short bus. We rode the short bus. And not because we're disabled mentally, but because it was the only vehicle that the school owned that could make it to where we lived. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's the, the joke, right, about the short bus. But yeah. But, yeah, we, it was, there were that few kids uh on our route because of how far out in the country we were like it wouldn't make sense for them to send a normal full-length bus so and we were the furthest out so that meant we were the first to be picked up and the last to be dropped off yep every time every time so early early mornings so there was there was plenty of work to do we we lived on 20 acres and at various times, we either built or repaired fences. We fed cows, uh, collected eggs from chickens, and did Clean various chicken shed. Yeah. yeah, various various sorts of projects all around. Um, but we also had neighbors, and and when I say neighbors, you know, again, this is this is out in the country. Um, I I would say. Our nearest neighbor was kind of down the road, so maybe like a quarter of a mile, and then yeah. the one I, I would what I would call up the road was maybe something closer to like half a mile. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, yeah. I didn't look this up on Google Maps, well, so this this neighbor sorry. up the road was um, kind of an older gentleman and his wife. I don't know if they ever did have ranch hands or anything like that, but they had, um, they had kind of a similar setup. I'm, I'm sure they had, um, fields where, uh, they collected hay, uh, places where they stored firewood, cattle, all, all of the chickens, all of the things. They had a similar setup in the sense that they had that stuff, but it was, um, you know, around 2,000 acres of farmland compared to 20 acres. Yeah, it was, it was much, much bigger, like better tools. They had, they actually had a tractor. We didn't have one of those. Um, and I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe you remember this, but I don't know how this came about, but we maybe one day, like our parents were talking with them or I don't know if we just like, walked up to their front door and, uh, but, but somehow we ended up 
getting quote unquote employed to do some work on their ranch. Do you remember, do you remember how that happened? I don't. I I remember it just was like, we're going to do this today. I imagine it was, you know, facilitated by our stepfather. Um, I, I don't remember how or when it was, it was more like a, you know, this is what you're doing now. And then I, I feel like we did it. I don't know for a season. Was it, I, I know we went there like several times. Yeah. It, it wasn't. And I, I don't know if that's a testament to like whether or not we did a good job. <laughs> oh, we did a great job. I know. I know we did. Yeah. So, uh, so somehow or another, we we started working for Mr. Tixon, um, working with Mr. Tixon, and I think it was something. I I was maybe twelve or thirteen at the time, and you were. That would make that would have made you. Uh, gosh, eight or nine. Yeah, sounds so we're right. we're relatively young. So if I'm if I'm thinking about it you know, from the perspective of like how old my boys are. Um, Jaden, actually my oldest is a little bit older. He just turned 14. So it'd be like sending him and one of the twins uh, who are, they're eight right now. And this what's is hilarious to yeah, talk so, about because me imagining them do what we did, it's just gonna, not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be funny, especially like when we get into some of the specifics. Cause I'm like, as I'm just imagining it, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> um, but it was, it was to the tune of like, I want to say it was like $5 a day. And <laughs> that was, that was what, what they paid us. I think I'm going to say 10. Yeah. It maybe doesn't so. matter Cause we didn't get to keep the money. So. Right. Yeah. No, that, no, we didn't. Um, felt felt good to earn something but yeah. for for us as kids and and this will kind of come into it later there was there was another form of payment i think that was more valuable to us than the money itself and that was that was the satisfaction of knowing that we had put in a good no i'm just kidding it wasn't that um <laughs> so I, I don't remember now you, you say you remember us going over several times and that may, that may be true. I only remember going over a couple of times, but can you remember some of the things that like some of the jobs that we did with him? Um, I remember there was definitely, um, a long day of, I feel like I was driving the tractor and we we're pulling a really big, long flatbed trailer on the tractor. After the machine had gone through the fields and bailed out the hay, so the field is just full of bales of hay. Mm-hmm. And you were following me on foot, throwing the bales of hay on the trailer. And we did that for quite a while before eventually um, bringing it to one of his storage barns and then unloading it. And we might have done that a couple times that day. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of monotonous 
but just thinking of myself driving the tractor and you falling behind dodging cow patties and trying to pick up the hay and throw it on. Yeah, those cow patties were no joke. If you don't They'll get you. Now now when I say cow patty, this is not some kind of I I don't know. I don't know how familiar folks are with these these kind of this terminology. But a cow patty is basically a very large like at least dinner dinner plate sized pile of cow crap. And they were everywhere. It was like landmines. And so, you know, fortunately I was wearing boots. Um, but you don't like if you stepped in it, you basically carried it with you for the rest of the time you walked around. Yeah. It's not very pleasant. But that's Gosh. that's the one job that stands out the most in my mind, what you were just describing. So you're you're eight or nine years old driving this big tractor pulling a flatbed trailer. And the reason you were doing that and I wasn't is because I couldn't pick up the hay. Yeah, you could we so we had hay hooks. See, I just imagine I've got a hook in either hand. Like what is uh, is there some horror movie or something where the villain uses a hay hook? I feel like I'm, I don't know what it's called, but I'm going to say yes there is. Yeah. So I've got two of those, one in each hand, which was pretty cool, like walking around with those. And then you just like swing those into the hay bale and pick it up. And I, w I want to say, I can't remember if Mr. Tixon was doing that with me or if he was up on the flatbed, like stacking them as I brought them over to him. I would have liked the stacking job. It's way yeah. less walking. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's why he was doing it. He was yeah. he was an older fella. He he was um he was too old. That's why he had us with our young backs. That's right. So I mean minds. just just imagine that. Like one of one of my twins who are they're eight. They're gonna turn nine and uh, about four months. Um, like we, we barely trust them to play outside without causing some kind of shenanigans. Yeah. Like the thought of one of them driving a tractor is actually terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's a, it would be funny if it was in a movie, but in reality, terrifying. Yeah. And then I can, I can see Asa. So Asa is my second oldest and he's 11 now. He's going to turn 12 in April. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's got the muscles yet for it, but he definitely has the work ethic. Like I can see him working really hard and doing, you know, the thing I was doing, but my oldest Jaden is not, he's, he's what we, call like not outdoorsy mm -hmm. <laughs> we had Jaden wants to earn extra money and so he came up with this idea he's going to mow the front yard and the backyard and do all the weed eating he was like yeah I'm, I'm going to do that and you can pay me $20 and that's actually a really good deal like 
around here, you pay a minimum of like 30 to to $40 to have somebody do your, like your front and backyard and the weed eating. And that's if you're getting like, you know, somebody who's really cheap. So I'm like, okay, 20 bucks. This was about five weeks ago. And he mowed the front yard, got tired, and then took a break and then didn't do it for the rest of the day. And then came to me at the end of the day and said, so I only mowed the front yard. Can you just pay me $5? And I said, well, no, we agreed on $20 for the whole thing. So I'll pay you $20 when the whole thing is done. And then nothing happened for two weeks. And then he came, he, he said, okay, I'm going to mow the lawn today. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, I'm, I'm going to do the backyard and then I'm going to weed eat everything. And I said, well, wait, what about the front yard? He said, I already mowed the front yard. And he's talking about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So in his mind, it's like this cumulative thing. So, but I was, I was like, okay, okay, fine. Um, so he did the backyard and the same thing. He got tired, rested for the rest of the day and then came back again and was like, okay, well, so I did the mowing. Can you just pay me $10? And so it's, I don't know. This is like a parable from the Bible. The contrast is really interesting to me though. And I'm, I'm kind of, I, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about working for Mr. Tixon because there's there's some fun stuff in there, but I do want to get into like what, what contributed, was it a personality thing or was it just our circumstances? But like what instilled in us that ability to just do hard work and not have like, not have really high expectations for what we would earn from, from doing that work. Well, I remember even before we lived in Colorado, um, getting, you know, cords of wood in Stockton and having a pile the size of a small house in the front yard of a suburban neighborhood and having to stack it and just like, I I remember getting smacked around because I wasn't carrying enough wood as a small child yeah and uh that's one of the few experiences there was more growing up and then having moved to colorado where there is a lot more work to be done where it wasn't it wasn't a question of oh i don't feel like it or i'm tired it was yes you know this this is has to be done and we are doing it until it's done yeah it was never a question yeah and i i suppose like I didn't, well, we, we can get into that. So I did want to, I did want to kind of, I, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, but like walking back from either Mr. Tixon's shed or, you know, wherever it was, you're just like crossing a big field and the, you and I are like walking behind him and he's kind of, you know, pacing it in front of us and seemed like he was just farting the whole time. Yeah, and he didn't acknowledge it in any way. Right. I don't know if he didn't know or if he just, you know, when you get that old, you just, that's the way you have fun. 
He just can get away with that kind of thing. It seemed like he didn't know it was happening, but we did, <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was hilarious, and and yeah, you'd like so the possibilities are he he has no idea it's happening, and maybe he's like, I don't I don't know if he was uh, had had hearing loss at that point or anything, um, but like if you're you know, your, your body is doing things all the time that you're not necessarily aware of. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that like when I pass gas, even if I can't hear it for whatever reason, I definitely know I did, but maybe that's not, maybe that's not accurate. Maybe it is the sound that like, you know, like if it's, if it's a really good one, I can tell, I don't know. So, so maybe they slipped out and he just didn't know. That's hilarious. Or maybe he he did know and he thought it was funny. Or maybe he did know and it was like the same it, like it was it's the same thing as coughing or or burping or sneezing. It's just like you know, you, like you yeah. think it, you think about it that way. But you know what? Farts will never not be funny to me. I don't care how old I get. Yeah, I was I was just having a conversation at work the other night. Um, there's a lot of fun things that you can do in this time where we have to wear masks. And uh, you you can make fart noises, and it's not very obvious where the noise came from because you have a mask on. And it's just a fun little trick that you can bring with you to the supermarket or wherever. That had not occurred to me, and and so now, thank you, thank you for that. You're welcome, of course. Yeah, I mean, he could have, I don't know, he could have at least looked back at us and been like, he he he, but we we were we didn't. I yeah. think we didn't know what to do because he, because he didn't acknowledge it. Yeah, he just no sold it. He was like going about his business. So, like, if we started laughing out loud at that. Uh, it was like, I don't know, did he, maybe he doesn't think it's funny. Is it offensive for us to be laughing? And so I, I feel like we kind of suppressed it and kind of kept it to ourselves. Yeah. And then like cracked up about it later. Yeah. There was, there was that. And then, um, one of our hound dogs blew at one point the trucks that would drive by the end of our driveway, you'd always get right up on the tire and bark at the tire mm -hmm. at full speed while it drove by and he got tangled up in a car once and he was gone for a couple weeks and he showed back up um he had a lot of road rash on one side of his body and he kind of trotted or walked a little sideways but other yeah. than that he seemed in good health but we had a long driveway, and walking down to the school bus, I remember he always joined us, usually was walking in front of us, and ever since he got tangled up in that car, um, he he farted, like, almost with every step he took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Poor Blue. It's funny. It's, now, looking back, it's almost enduring. Yeah. Yeah, you get your, you get your insides tangled up the wrong way it can it can cause some uh gas related maladies yeah 
So the the thing that I enjoyed the most, I think, about working for Mr. Tixon, you know, it was it was nice doing the hard work and feeling like you'd accomplished something. Getting the money was kind of irrelevant because we didn't get to keep it. The farting was hilarious. But we'd get back to their house and his wife would would have a spread of food on their table for us to eat, like whether it was, you know, a lunch or an early dinner. And it wasn't just like, oh, here, boys, here's a couple of sandwiches. Like it's Yeah, it was like it was like full on all day pot roast meal. Yeah. With like cake and not yeah, the there kind was, of food that we got. Yeah, there was cake. At home. Like like frosted cake and like all kinds of it was just like, oh my gosh. Just if you feed me like this every day, I will come work for you for free. Like the food was that good. It was really great. But it, and it was, so this was, this was the thing though. Like I remember even thinking about this as a kid that it was a little bit suspicious. Like there was so, there was so much food and it was so good that it was kind of suspicious. You know what I mean? Well, and they didn't have, um, if they had kids, they were, you know, grown and moved. It was just them two. Yeah. And it was so a like, fairly large house. Yeah. So I'm almost like, you know, those, uh, Gr- Grimm's fairy tales. Like I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm kind of thinking through Grimm. like, is, is something, is there something going on with the food? Am I going to become, are we going to become bewitched somehow and like become we their turn into a cow and become one of the cows in the field? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta sell that to Rachel. Let her yeah, write a book could, about it. She could do it. But you know, like I had that thought for a fleeting moment and then I started digging into the mashed potatoes and gravy and yeah. all of that went out the window. I never did turn into a cow and, um, and so it was just legit out of the kindness of her heart made this huge delicious meal for us to enjoy for coming and doing a little bit of work for them so that was that was really nice i have a a memory i don't know if it's real or not i wanted to ask if you remember this so we pretty much got done with what we were doing and I think um, he he had electric fences, and I think he had a section of the fence that was maybe not working, and he was going to try to figure out what was wrong. And we were sitting there while he went to go maybe turn the fence back on after he did some repairs, and you had a Coke can, and you were sitting like kind of i don't know if you're leaning on it or standing by it but you're by one of the metal posts and your coke can was sitting on top of the post Mm -hmm. and when he turned on the power to the electric fence the can shot up in the air out of your hand yeah and i flew back i remember i remember that happening i don't remember whether or not it was related to Mr. Tixon, but it was definitely something that happened while we were in Colorado. 
Um, yeah. But like, yeah, one of my hands was wrapped around the actual wire and the other hand was holding the, the can, the soda can, on top of the metal fence post. And the can did fly and I flew back. And it felt like it felt like somebody had hit me in the chest like really yeah. hard. And I you know, thankfully, uh the most of the times like they're just those electric fences are supposed to be deterrents for cattle and so they don't necessarily run a lot of juice through them. Um so it was enough to knock me off my feet, but not enough to like, you know, severely that, injure me. Not not like that scene from Jurassic Park or anything. Right. Yeah. Where where it's like you gotta climb down. Oh, that was so suspenseful. Why did you have to bring that up? <laughs> I was having such a good morning and now I'm feeling anxious. Our our property backed up to his property and uh one one side of the the edge of our property had his fence which was i don't know how many yards it was but it was electric and it wasn't the type of stout fence with like three or four lines going across it was basically just one line about knee height and I, I remember walking into it just because I didn't see it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was really, you know, young. That was, it was a scary thing for me. Like at the at the moment it happened, I was I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden zap. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to pivot here and you know, you were you were talking about back in Stockton in California stacking wood and just kind of that like being a little kid because really before uh before we moved to Colorado like you you would have been 6 or 7 maybe yeah maybe younger um and and being you know talked to the way I remember him talking to us and being slapped around and, and like bossed around and like that kind of experience versus what I kind of imagined. Um, like I, I thought about, well, when I have kids, you know, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be working on something with my tools and like, they're going to be like, Oh, I want to be like dad. And they're going to have like some play tools that they're going to be using. And so like, they'll be working on their thing. And it'll kind of be this like, oh, this shared experience of, hey, cool, we're, we're working on something together. And then eventually, just organically, that would turn into, oh, I'm, I'm going to work on this project. Do you want to come help me out with it? And, you know, now that I, I would say, I would say for Jaden, our oldest, um, that's definitely not happened he never, he never did kind of like, you know, quote unquote, catch the manual labor bug, <laughs> um, watching me. And I, I didn't ever with any of the boys, I've never made a mandate that they need to come help me, you know, repair the fence, work on 
some section of the deck that needs to be fixed. Um, I've never made them mow the lawn. They do have they do have chores that they have to do around the house. So like taking out the trash, sweeping the kitchen, those kinds of things that are on a rotation. So there's participation, like mandatory participation in running the household. Right. But as far as some of that extra stuff is concerned, I've never made them do it. Um, and part of that, I think maybe for me is because when I was a kid, though, though I did enjoy working hard, I didn't like the feeling of being made to work hard or, or of being made to do something that I didn't really want to do in the first place. Yeah. I, I remember uh, pushing back a little bit, um, especially on our, not, not when we worked with Tixon, I would never have done that because somehow I learned how to be, you know, respectful to my elders. But I remember pushing back at home. There were things that uh, were everyday monotonous, kind of running of the household type of things, but some of that was replace the dog's water. And, you know, if it had tons of water, he had like a miniature cooler full of water. I'm not going to empty all the water and fill it with fresh water because in my mind, he's got water. Mm -hmm. And whenever I got in trouble for that, I could point out and you can see him standing there in the field with the cows, like chewing on a cow patty. He doesn't care about fresh water. He'll be... <laughs> He'll be fine. And I got in trouble for pointing that out and you know, was made to go ahead and change the water. Cause, cause it's the principle of the thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter whether it needs to be done. What matters is I told you to do it. Yeah. And you, you will listen and respect what I tell you to do. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have that kind of dynamic. And what has happened, so this, this, uh, this year, man, this year. Um, so in some ways it's been really difficult, but in other ways there's, I've, I've had a little bit more space to do some of the stuff around the house that I've wanted to do. So like one of the major product projects, our fence was, um, in really bad disrepair, like whole sections of it. And we back up against, uh, we live, we live in a suburban neighborhood, but we back up against, um, a green belt. And so there aren't any houses behind ours and there's a retainer wall, um, like, you know, six foot. And so if a section of our fence falls down, like it's falling down back into the wilderness, basically. Um, and so, it was going to, I think it was going to be like $2,000 to have somebody just come and repair that one, like that, that back part. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it myself. You know, how bad could it be? Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's work that I enjoy doing, but it's, it's so time consuming and tedious that it was hard to fit it in before this year. And so finally this year I got to get started on it. I didn't tell the boys that they needed to come help me or anything. 
but they they volunteered they saw me working they're out in the backyard playing and a few of them actually come up and they're like hey can uh can we help some in some way and so you know i would just i would have them run and fetch things for me hold screws for me and then i would let them you know like nail boards in and hold things still while i screwed things in and so like it, that was that was really nice to have them actually offer to help and let them have that experience. Yeah, and I had, a, I had some other projects that were like that. Like we made a little ramp um, from the top of that retainer wall down into the green belt because they love going back there and like collecting rocks and um, playing in the woods and stuff. And so now there's like a little pathway they can run down and they got to help me build that. You know, I did most of the work. But that's something that we can point to and be like, yeah, that's something we actually did together. Yeah. Um, Milo's really good about getting, uh, getting involved. He loves to help. Even, even though he's five and he really can't do a whole lot, he's got his own set of tools they're not practical because they're little plastic toys, but um, even when we go camping, that's one of the things he makes sure to put in his little backpack. He's like, i got to bring my tools just in case. We need to fix something. And he'll, he'll mansplain. I don't know if that's the right term to use when your five-year-old is explaining to you how things work, but <laughs> he, will, he will do that. Like, I had to replace the sump pump in our basement. And he was trying to explain to me how to do it. It was That's... Everything he said was wrong. Uh-huh. But it was still very, very nice to have that. <laughs> that little, little friend right there with you. Yeah. You know, on that journey. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I, I feel like there are definitely some things that from, from our childhood and the kind of work that we were made to do, um, I did, I did learn from that, that I can do hard things and that when, when something is broken or not working correctly, I can probably figure out a way to fix it. You know, I, and that, like that mentality, it's not, it's not just like, oh, I know how to fix this. It's, I don't know how to fix this, but I can probably figure it out. Like that kind yeah. of, that kind of belief in yourself, I think is super valuable. Um, it's really, it's really empowering, you know? And so like, I look to, I look to some of those things that we were made to do. And I feel like there was some value in that. And I don't want, I don't want my boys to miss out on that as they get older. I want them to to feel the same way. Um, but I'm I'm kind of hopeful that because I, like I'm I'm known in the house as Mister Fix It. Like if something's broken, I'm the I'm the person that anybody in the house comes to, and they believe that I've got it. There's a good chance that if I mess around with it or tinker with it. I can get it to work. And, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I 
will somehow pass that mentality onto the kids through my example, even if I'm not making them do the physical work that might teach them to do that in a more hands-on way, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think that um, over time, as as they get older, you get to kind of facilitate them taking on some of those things. Like, they want to fix something, they'll bring it to you. But at a certain point, you can also say, well, what do you think needs to happen? What would you do? And give them the opportunity to take charge. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I really appreciate that. It's very very wise because I think sometimes just, you know, in order to save time or because it's more efficient in some way, you know, I'll just take care of it myself. Um, but any, anytime something like that comes up, it's an opportunity to let them get a peek into the process, have some input and maybe do a little bit of the work to actually fix something or make something work or build something or, you know, whatever it is. And it's, it's kind of, it is kind of a selfish thing, an ego boost for me to do it because I like the feeling of of being known as the Mr. Fix-It guy. Sure, yeah. So that's something That's something I need to check. Well, if they can do what they do with Rubik's Cubes, they can figure out quite a bit of other things. Yeah. Man, that is like one of the coolest feelings is seeing your kid do something better than you. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. The, that like, you're like, I don't, I couldn't, I will never be able to do that. I mean, not that I couldn't, but uh, have you seen have you seen the uh, YouTube channel that Asa and Hosea made with their for their yeah. flips? I was thinking about when you were talking about Asa, you know, probably being able to handle um, doing some of the hard work and picturing him doing flips off of the flatbed trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I I always worried that like I would f- somehow maybe feel some insecurity about that, but it, it's that's never happened. Like it's always just been amazement and pride. So, and you know, like they're so relatively young, and it just makes me it makes me really excited for them for their futures. Like what what kinds of things they'll be able to accomplish and this, the kinds of circles they'll be able to run around me. You know, I get excited about that. Yeah. I mean, those, those skill sets just in and of themselves at their age, doing a backflip and solving a Rubik's cube incredibly fast. Those are two things that I have never and will never do. Even, even the youngest one, he's, he's like, this is, this is really funny. So Asher and the twins, Zadok and Boaz, they, they love going out into the wilderness together, you know, like out behind our house and they catch bugs and scorpions and lizards and all kinds of stuff. But they've, 
they've talked about like, we're going to move to Africa. Like just the, like the three of us, we're going to move to Africa together and we're going to become wildlife experts. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, right on, you know, if, if, if you, if that's what you want to do. Um, but it's, it is, it's so fun and rewarding to see the kinds of things they become interested in and focused on. And like that, I, I want to, I want to be sure not to think of like manual labor, like the kind of stuff I'm talking about where it's repairing fences or whatever as a different thing than spending an entire afternoon, like hunting and catching bugs. That's they're they're similar in nature in that they require focus and concentration, some level of skill, you know, so like it is, that is a kind of work. You know what I mean? Even if it's not manual labor, that it's still a, it's still work and you have to, you know, put the time and focus in, but to do something that you have to put time and focus in that you enjoy, that's a gift. If, if you can uh, foster that, that, that would be um, a really cool thing. That's something that maybe uh, we missed out on a little bit because we didn't, we had plenty of fun on our 20 acres. Yeah, we did. We did have lots of fun and um, we used a ton of imagination and ingenuity in our fun and in our play. And I, I don't feel like that was suppressed. Um, you know, as, as I, I, I don't remember ever feeling a really strong sense of like, you know, if I, I like, I used to, I used to make these maps of our property but like I would add features to it and like, I, I think I even remember telling our mom one time that like I was going to somehow make the ocean come all the way up to Colorado so that we could have oceanfront property mm-hmm. and like a river and a, a lake where we could have a houseboat and like all, of, and, and I made a map <laughs> with all of these things. Um, and like sitting down and making that probably just like from start to finish took me four or five hours, you know? Um, and there was, I never got the sense of like, well, that was a waste of time, you know? Uh, especially, especially from our mom. Like it, it always, I always felt like she validated our work. And then later on, you know, as I was getting into music and trying to do the band thing, Um, we had a lot of support from, or I had, I had a lot of support from our dad and the people in, in our church and stuff like that. Um, so that's something I'm really grateful for because I feel like the things that I, the things that I really love doing and enjoy have never felt impractical. And I, I think it's really sad when like a kid's spending their time and effort doing something that doesn't necessarily 
you know, not yet have any real world value or, or monetary value. And somebody comes along and says, well, have fun doing that while you're a kid, but like, you'll never be able to make a living at that. Yeah. But you should never say that kind of thing to a kid. I mean, just because you're miserable doesn't mean they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's not to say that like, you know, I think there are plenty of people who are very happy and content and have lots of fulfillment in their lives who aren't necessarily doing something creative as a, you know, for a living. Um, so like, I don't, I don't think there's, I, I also don't want there to be an expectation on any of the boys that like, if they're not doing something fun and creative as their job, they're doing it wrong. You know, like that's not, that's not the thing. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like my oldest, he, he wants to be a full-time YouTube gamer. And like, <clears throat> that's, that's something that he can do if he works hard it enough is. at it. And it's, it's actually so attainable, which is such a, strange concept yeah if you were if you were his age to think about that's something that would be a real option yeah i mean i i know enough about youtube like if i stopped everything i was doing now and spent the next year building a gaming channel i could probably but like within a year i could probably be earning maybe like half as much as I'm making now. And that's a, like, that's a big deal. You know, I'm not going to do that because I, I love what I do and I'm a little bit chicken. <laughs> yeah. I know, well, you know, I need, I need, I need to provide, I need to provide the stability and, and all of that. But, but yeah, when you, when, when you're a kid and you don't have any responsibilities, like why, why suppress that? Like the sky's the limit. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I think I think this is a good place to bring our episode to a close. We um like I said, we we're just wanting to keep this one a little bit lighter, a little bit shorter since the last one was so heavy. But uh any any parting thoughts? I'm really pleased to have kind of reminisced about some of this stuff. I think about it a lot. I I like that we have this uh this past that we can bring to the table and even though we talked about how it was hard in some ways but there was a lot of good things that came of it and to wrap our minds around it with our kids and our families it's a really fun exercise yeah definitely and that's you know it's basically all we're doing is we're just we're just having a fun conversation about these memories that brought us a lot of joy or laughter <laughs> that, that stuck with us and then trying our best to take those lessons and help our children have the same kind of joy or a better experience in some way, you know, and I, and I feel like that's what, that's what most parents do. All right, brother. Well, it was great talking to you and, uh, I'll catch you next week. All right. Love you. I love you.
Have a good day, sir. You too. Thank you.